Welcome to Faith Lutheran Church on this 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Our gospel for today is from Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. The laborers in the vineyard. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And then when he went out again at noon, about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call all the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. And then when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, am I, I am doing you no wrong? Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Our message from Matthew today has given me some reoccurring takeaways that we need to remember. New Christians are no less loved or valued by God than those who have been saved for a long time. God is generous with his grace, and we should also be generous. And some people are not more saved than others. I've still had a hard time with this message. No matter how many times I keep going back to the rule about understanding parables, I keep going back to the concept of, is God fair? People may ask this question, how can this be right? How can this situation be fair? How could God allow this? And the answers I know seem shallow as they are said to eyes full of tears. As I look at this passage, if I reduce it to a lesson on morality, if I try to garnish it from ethics or a code of justice, I fail. It goes so far beyond these things that it seems to contradict them. Fairness is a human concept and does not apply to God. Whatever he does is right. God isn't fair, he is generous. This parable isn't about the question of fairness, it's about the outrageous generosity and love of God. 
as he invites people to share in his kingdom together. The basic rule about parables, they exist for one teachable moment, one reason. They don't exist to offer social commentary. In this parable, that one moment is seen in the amazing question Jesus asks. Friend, do you begrudge my generosity? Do we? Does it make sense that someone would begrudge God the opportunity to show someone else his love? Should we find ourselves jealous because God's love is poured out on someone we find not worthy of such love? And before we get all self-righteous and think that we would never ever deny God that opportunity, let's consider that scripture is chock full of such examples. Start with a prodigal's brother who got ticked off because his father wanted to celebrate the return of the long messed up little brother. He resented his father's love shown to his brother. Hey, God's people would never be like that, right? especially those in leadership. Well, listen to the words of Jonah. He yelled at God. God, I knew it when I was back home. I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy and not easily angered, rich in love and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you won't kill him, kill me. I'm better off dead. And then God said, what do you have to be angry about? But Jonah just left. He went out of the city to the east and sat down in a sulk. He put together a makeshift shelter of leafy branches and sat there in the shade to see what would happen to the city. Talk about someone not just upset, but bitterly angry about God's grace. We never get that way, or do we? What about when we have trouble welcoming someone into our group? Maybe they did something to us in the past and we are unwilling to forgive. Do we begrudge God sharing with them the same love that he pours out on us? Maybe they are a bit different than us. Does that mean that we walk away from them and not share the same <clears throat> concern for them that we do for those that are like us? Or maybe even recognizing the differences become so awkward that we walk away rather than rejoice that God will give us the love, the grace, and the strength to do his work, to show them his love and his mercy. The funny thing is, in this vineyard, the work isn't pulling out weeds or harvesting grapes to make good wine. The work is to minister to each other, assuring each other of God's love, his grace, and his forgiveness. No matter who they are, no matter how awkward it is to love them, no matter the cost to us, for our cost is nothing compared to the cost of the cross. Will we begrudge Jesus his generosity? Will we resent that God has marked them as our brothers and sisters and indeed our friends? Do we get this? At the beginning of the conversation, the master uses a unique word to address the dissatisfied workers. It is translated as friend or comrade, but was a word that ranged from partner to brother kinsman. It's not the word you would use for a common day laborer, but implies a stake in the work. 
And that is what this parable of the kingdom of God is about. We see it clearly in the later trips of the master to the Home Depot as he talks to those hanging out, tired, disappointed, and indifferent because they haven't been hired yet. You see it in the last group who says, no one's given us a reason not to be here. Jesus says, get going. Here's a part of my kingdom. Get moving. You want a reason to be active? You want meaning in your life? Come into my kingdom. You're welcome to be a part and even more a partner. This parable isn't about workplace fairness. It's about the kingdom of God and who is invited into it. It's not about fair employment practices, for God simply offers a part in the kingdom to all who would be part. There was once an island, a pretty famous place because of the role it played in the story of a very short dentist and a friendly snow monster, and well, an unemployed reindeer. The island of misfit toys, it was called. This is a picture of the church. No one here is perfect. No one here functions perfectly. No one here has been exempt from feeling broken. Though perhaps we think we are alone in those feelings, if we actually get to know each other, we aren't. And every misfit person belongs here. Even the ones from our past, even those we have trouble understanding in the present. We might even need some supernatural help from the master to accept them. We have that, by the way, for he has deemed them acceptable. He did so in the very way he deemed you acceptable, by dying on the cross. And so we find them kneeling with us at the same altar for the same reason. They need the bread of life. They need the blood of the covenant that covers their sins and ours. And we need to minister to each other we need to serve each other, to love each other. More than anything now, we need to continue to serve each other, constantly reminded that the Lord called us together as his people and his friends. It is not a command in the sense of law to love one another. It's not about justifying our own actions or our place or that of others. It is of the deepest grace that God places us together. God is not about fairness. He is about righteousness through grace via the cross. His righteousness promised to us, given to us, even though we don't deserve it. As we enjoy his peace, his incomprehensible peace, let us share it with all of those who need it. We can do this for our hearts and minds are kept safe in that peace by Christ Jesus himself. Amen.